please remain standing and pray with me. Holy Spirit, uh, the Word of God tells us that our Lord is our shepherd. And we heard in Revelation today, Lord Jesus, that you, the Lamb in the midst of the throne, will shepherd your people and lead us to springs of living water. Lord, I pray that this would be one of those places. I pray that this time of preaching would be green pastures and living water and that you would feed us here. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me, that I would speak your word to your people today. Uh, Your sheep are hungry, Lord, and they need to be fed. So have mercy on your flock and grant me a word. And be with all of us, Lord, now to be able to receive the gift that you will give us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know if you've picked up on a theme or anything, but it's like there's a lot of shepherd talk going on today in uh, in church. I think it's like, like everything has to do with shepherds, right? Well, this is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and in our tradition, every fourth Sunday of Easter is called Good Shepherd Sunday. So you're always going to hear a reading from part of that uh, John chapter 10 dialogue or where, where Jesus is speaking about the good she- being the good shepherd. And we just heard a little bit about that today as well. And also, it just so happens that in year C, and by the way, we try to re- we read through the, uh, a good swath of cri- uh, Scripture in the church on a three-year cycle. And we're in the third year of that three-year cycle. And the reason we do that is to keep preachers like me from just preaching the stuff that we want to talk about. So, because I can do that, and you'll get tired of that. So we try to pre- we want to tr- give you the whole counsel of the Word of God, or as much as we can, in a 52-week period. And so in this cycle, in year C, we have readings in the time after Easter for, from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, and that seems odd to some people, but it's a beautiful thing, and that's what we heard today out of uh, Revelation chapter 7. We heard a reading today about what it's going to be like to be in God's presence. Now, a couple of weeks ago at the second Sunday of Easter, I I gave you an introduction to what the book of Revelation is all about. But as a way of refresher, this scripture was given to the church during a time of intense persecution, probably around the year 95 AD under the emperor Domitian. In the context of this persecution, John, who wrote this book, was, was himself exiled to an island called Patmos for his testimony for Jesus. And there he receives a series of visions that become the book of Revelation. Jesus Christ had a message for his suffering church, and this is the message that he gave them. We heard part of that this morning. They were going through a great tribulation. That was a great tribulation, what they were experiencing, and they needed hope and they needed encouragement. And ultimately, the message of Revelation is this. If you wanted to sum up that book in one phrase, it would be this. Church, remain faithful God wins, and you too will be victorious if you remain loyal to Jesus Christ. Remain faithful, church, unto the end. God wins, and you too will be victorious if you remain faithful to Jesus Christ. Now, many people tend to view Revelation as related only to the future, to, to the end times, so to speak. And there's a whole, there's a whole industry in Christian booksellers uh, who want to sell you books about how Revelation is about the end of time. And my best encouragement about those kind of books is just don't buy them. Don't feed that beast uh, because it just keeps going and going. 
But that is not the context in which the church received this apocalyptic book. They didn't see it as speaking to the ultimate end times. It was speaking to their time. It may give glimpses of the end. It may give glimpses of an ultimate future, but they are not given as a detailed map of what is to come. Instead, listen, those things are given as God's assurance that despite their present suffering, these believers could experience great joy and great confidence because their victory is guaranteed. Your victory is guaranteed. And that's what the book of Revelation is about. In fact, the only way they could lose is if they abandoned their faith in Christ and renounced their walk with Christ. And the same is true for us today. Bernard of Clairvaux compared the Christian life to a battle, and he puts it like this. Only by desertion can we be defeated. With Christ and for Christ, victory is certain. We can lose the victory by flight, but not by death. Happy are you if you die in battle, and after death you will be crowned. But woe to you if by forsaking the battle you forfeit at, forfeit at once both the victory and the crown. And this text that we just read from Revelation is especially powerful for our brothers and sisters in places like Iraq and Syria and Nigeria and Tanzania and Eritrea, Ethiopia, Sudan... North Korea, China, the list can go on and on and on, who are right this minute experiencing great persecution, including torture and death. In fact, probably not since the first century have so many people been crucified as they have been in the last 25 years. They face torture and death because of their faithfulness to Christ, their refusal to renounce their Lord in the face of great opposition. And they recognize, our brothers and sisters recognize when they read this passage, that that's the great tribulation they're going through. That is a great tribulation. And that's what they're experiencing. Revelation 7, 9 through 17 is their story. And even in our light affliction, as traditional followers of Jesus Christ... Here in the West, as traditional followers become more and more marginalized and more and more reviled, we need to hear good news, the good news proclaimed in Revelation today. The Holy Spirit tells those persecuted Christians in John's day, and he tells those of us who undergo hardship for the cause of Christ today, that we need to get an eternal perspective. We can rejoice today because the victory is already won. Get the eternal perspective. The victory has been won. And no matter what we're going through, we can rejoice. We can take hold of that victory. We can take hold of that joy today, even in the midst of present difficulties. And it doesn't matter what those gift difficulties are. You still have access to that joy. Ray Bakey, or Bakey, who is a, um, a frequent speaker at InterVarsity gatherings and speaks at Urbana conferences and things like that, he, he tells a story. He said, I knew of an old Glasgow professor named MacDonald who, along with a Scottish chaplain, bailed out of an airplane behind German lines in World War II. They were put in a, into a prison camp, and a high wire fence separated the Americans from the British. And the Germans made it next to impossible for the two sides to communicate. McDonald was put in the American barracks, and the chaplain was housed with the Brits. Every day, the two men would meet at the fence and exchange a greeting. 
Unknown to the guards, the Americans had a little homemade radio and were able to get news from the outside, something more precious than food in that prison camp. And every day, McDonald would take a headline or two to the fence and share it with the chaplain in the ancient Gaelic Scots language, which was indecipherable to the Germans and to everybody else. One day, news came over the little radio that the German high command had surrendered and the war was over. And MacDonald took the news to his friend, then stood and watched him disappear into the British barracks. And a moment later, a roar of celebration erupted from the barracks. Life in that camp was transformed. Now, this is not in uh, Bakke's words here, but I want you to think about this. Nothing had changed in the camp. The routine was the same in the camp. The only thing that had changed for those prisoners was the news that victory has been won. And listen to what happened. Men walked around singing and shouting, waving at the guards, even laughing at the dogs. When the German guards finally heard the news three three nights later, they fled into the dark, leaving the gates unlocked. The next morning, Brits and Americans walked out as free men. Yet they had truly been set free, they had truly been set free three days earlier by the news that the war was over. And friends, that is what we get from this passage. It's news passed along to us that the war is over and the victory is won. That soon we will be going home in triumph and that the enemies of death and hell are actually defeated foes. No matter what you're going through today, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are more than a conqueror. Just yesterday, we celebrated the life and gave praise to God uh, in the context of our sister Ava Lee, who passed away, and we had her service yesterday. And that was one of the verses that she wanted to have read here at Christ Church was, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. Right now, you are more than a conqueror. I'm sure, that, no, uh, I'm sure that many of us are going through things that we, we haven't even spoken with to someone else. There are trials in our lives. There are pains in our lives. Mine seemed to be accumulating. Nobody tell, told me that it was going to be like this once I hit, hit 50 and got on the other side of 50. I'm just collecting pain. It's like... It's not anything, really. But you may have real sufferings in your life. But those sufferings and that pain, no matter what it is, is not the end of your story. I'm sure that those men in the prison camp spent the intervening days after they heard the news thinking about what it was going to be like when they got home. And as they discussed the future, their anticipation grew greater and their joy and excitement grew more intense because they had heard the news. I mean, if you want a a more, a closer to home example, just about every elementary student here in North Carolina, the weather's changed and they're counting down the days and they're thinking about summer vacation and they're getting more and more excited every day just because the news of vacation coming. Let me tell you what, teachers know what I'm talking about. You know, we can do the same thing by looking at this passage. Our joy and our celebration can increase. 
There's going to be, one of the great things that we see in this passage is, and I saw before the throne and before a lamb, and before the lamb, a great multitude that no man could count. A great multitude that no man could count. There are going to be a lot of people at this victory celebration. And that's good news. You know, the scripture says that this is a great multitude. No one could, no one could number. And many will remain faithful even unto death. But you know, as we read the news today, as we, we can feel like the great church of Jesus Christ is eroding in the once Christian West like a sandcastle on the seashore. We see many leave the faith. Those are nominal Christians. There's, I don't think we're seeing uh, convicted, truly converted Christians leaving, but I think we do see nominal Christians leaving in droves. We even see those who are claiming to be believers, or, and some even of those who are ordained clergy, but they have denied core biblical doctrines, teachings that came directly from the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these are paraded around as somehow being the acceptable Christians that can be tolerated by a secular society. And those who cling to the historic apostolic faith, when we see things like that, we can feel very much like a remnant, out of step with the rest of the world. But the good news, brothers and sisters, is that we will celebrate. We are a part of a giant crowd, a great multitude which no one can count. The body of Christ, the church triumphant. Uh, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, I, I, was, uh, I, went, I went to some stadium events where a lot of Christians gathered. This just happened to be gatherings of men, Christian men. And I remember being in those stadiums. And we, like, I think we were, in, we were in Dallas. No, we were in Atlanta one year. We were in Atlanta. And uh, that huge uh, football stadium was filled up with men, men who were away from their families and knew they could sing out loud. Now, i got to tell you, this is the great thing about Christ Church is that our, our men will sing in church, and thanks be to God, we've got a singing church. But it was amazing. It was like the roar of many waters to hear those great, and they were singing great hymns of the faith, holy, 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 singing it to the tune of Nicaea. Or rise up, O men of God. And it was men, so we could sing it like that. Rise up, you men, uh, O men of God. And singing that, just the amazing, the thunder of that. And there was a joy about being in a great multitude where everyone there was loving Jesus and praising Jesus. And we've got that to look forward to. It's good news. One of the things that we can celebrate when we look at this passage is it says, and that great multitude was from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. Before the God, before God, and before the Lamb, were in white robes with palm branches in his hands, in their hands. Now that tells us that there are, the word, by the way, nations in Greek is ethnos or ethnoi. It means it's ethnicities. So that this is the good news about that day is that all the racial barriers and divisions that separate us are finally going to be ultimately torn down. They're destroyed. That's going away. It's not going to last. We'll never have to worry about racism again. We'll never have to worry about suspicion or hidden motives or personal agendas again. It'll all be gone. And won't that be a glorious day when the church of Jesus Christ is fully reunited? Our homecoming will be marked by great exaltation and worship. 
You know, the book of Revelation, if you want to find out why, why, we, why do y'all do the things that you're doing at Christ Church? They seem so weird compared to sort of the rest of my life. I mean, why are you wearing white robes? Well, there it is. <laughs> Revelation chapter 7. We're just getting ready. We're practicing. <laughs> we want to see what it's like. Sometimes we use incense here. Why would you use incense? It's in heaven. We see that. The prayers of the saints go up as incense, literally incense. It's a book about worship. It's a glorious worship that we look forward to. One of the ways that we're going to be worshiping, it says that there's going to be shouting. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. There will be shouting in heaven and the Pentecostals will be happy. (laughs) And guess what? There's other things happening too. Hymns and liturgy, it says, amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. It's liturgy. So the traditionalists are going to be happy. (laughs) And we'll all be together. What a beautiful thing. The greatest part of the homecoming victory celebration that we can look forward to that affects us today is that you and I will finally get to be with Jesus. Finally get to be with Jesus. There is a longing in every born-again child of God to finally run into the arms of the good shepherd and to feel his embrace and to have him kiss us and hold us tight and wipe away every tear from our eyes. I long for that. It's not going to be long. Listen to the closeness, the intimacy that is promised here. Therefore, they are before the throne of God. Who? All of those who have come out of the great tribulation. They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. Listen, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. The lamb will be their shepherd. And he will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's what we long for. That's the part of the victory I think we're looking forward to the most. God is going to spread his tent over me and enfold me in his presence. And nothing will ever distract me and nothing will ever distract you from the love of God again. And most wondrous of all, the most wonderful thing of all, is that Jesus will be right there with us, tending us as a shepherd does his sheep. We get to be with Jesus. And if we stay faithful to our shepherd, he will bring us safely home to this celebration. He promised to. He said so in John's gospel. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. He knows you, sheep. I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. 
My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Following our good shepherd, following the good shepherd, no one can snatch us out of his hand. There is not a tribulation. There's not a power on earth. No matter the adversity, no matter if the whole world seems to be turning away from Christ, following the good shepherd, we are kept safely by his grace and victory is assured. You don't have to worry about that. Now, sheep run off sometimes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about nothing can take you from him. That's a relief. That's good news. We are kept. When we realize we live in victory, it changes our lives, not in the future. It changes our lives here and now. When we realize that there is nothing that flesh and blood or even spiritual adversaries can do to change the reality that we are more than conquerors, it has the power to cause us to live that truth today. We act like that's reality. It's not just pie in the sky by and by when we die. Our ultimate victory that began at the resurrection of Jesus Christ will be completed at the second coming of Christ, and it has real effect today. Think about it. If we really believe this, what, how would your life be different if God made this truth real to your heart right now? where it's not just an intellectual concept, it's not just something the preacher says, but you really believed it right now. What worries would fall away from you right now? You know, I've read the Bible, and I went to Paul's list of spiritual gifts, and worry is not on that list. I always thought that worry is what responsible people did about things they couldn't do anything about. What worries would fall away? What troubles would be put into perspective? Think about those guys in the prison camp. They were still in the prison camp. It changed everything to know that they had won. Where would you gain courage to face powerful evil in the world because you knew that already your victory is assured? Well, beloved, we often come to the Lord's table and we think, I think most people think of coming to Holy Communion as a remembrance of his ultimate gift of love for us. On the night before he died, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and gave thanks and began to break it and gave it to his disciples. Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. And we remember that. But there's something else here as well. Listen. This is the feast of victory for our God. It's not just remembering that Jesus died. It's remembering that Christ has conquered and is coming again in glory. Your victory is assured. So, brothers and sisters, when we come to this table this morning, yeah, you can think about it. We've already gone through. We went through Holy Week. We know what that's all about. We know about Good Friday. You need to remember that your victory is assured, that he is coming soon. That you will be with the, with the great multitude that no one can count. You'll be standing before the throne and before the Lamb. You'll have a palm branch in your hand. You'll have a white robe on. And you'll be shouting like a Pentecostal and doing liturgy like an Anglican. Amen. 
and you'll be together with folks you never thought you'd worship with. <laughs> what a glorious day that will be. Oh, church, rejoice. Give thanks to God. The victory is assured. We live in it right now. Isn't that good news? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.